Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but of course we will be discussing events from previous episodes. I'm Harrison, and I'm a repressed crybaby. And calling it quits on a party when a chair decides to strap me to it by itself, I'm Jason. Harrison... (laughs) What episode are we watching this week? Oh, Jason, I'm so glad you asked. Um, We are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 18, Where the Wild Things Are, which listeners who listen to our uh, Hot Takes episode will know that this is Jason's least favorite episode of the entire series. Um, For pretty good reason. Um, This is the one where Buffy and Riley fuck for the entire episode and yes by the way thank you for saying fuck because (laughs) no one in the episode will say the words have sex yes um because they're all repressed crybabies (laughs) um and uh yeah their their constant fuckery uh causes the house to become infested with a sex poltergeist repressed (sighs) sex poltergeist oh gosh um this episode, God, this is a mess just from the start. Right? It's like, like, I'm, I'm sorry. This is, this is a premise that is just bad from the get-go. You, yeah. you can't make it good, except for, as we were talking about during the episode, the uh, American Dad episode, Poltergasm, <laughs> which actually has basically the exact same plot. But that is a comedy, so it's okay. <laughs> now, that, that being said, this episode does try to go for some comedic moments, but... Uh... Some of them land and some, some of them, them don't. Yep. Um, Where the Wild Things Are was written by Tracy Forbes and directed by David Solomon, so we can blame them for this. <laughs> and originally aired on April 25th in the year 2000. <laughs> now, I will say, I don't think this episode is poorly directed. Um, I, I think it's fine. So I'm, I'm going to come down harder on Tracy. Now, Jason, does the name Tracy Forbes uh, ring any bells for you? I feel like she's done another episode that I probably enjoyed. She's done two. Okay. One of which is a really good episode, and one of which is Beer Bad. Okay. So she wrote Beer Bad, and she also wrote Something Blue. Oh, yeah. So we had this discussion yes. when we did Something Blue. And this this just leads to my theory that Something Blue had some rewrites that I suspect came from Jane, Jane Espenson, Espenson. Because Something Blue feels like a Jane Espenson it episode. It really does. And it, in the end, it kind of seems like we're taking a little bit away from Tracy Forbes for whatever Well, good... she took a lot away from us. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen this episode twice now, so that's at least an hour and a half of my life she took away from me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's roll that credit music. That's not what it means. Anyway. <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking this week? Um, I also don't remember. What's the name of this beer? <laughs> it's a Narragansett. Narragansett. See, if, if I've never seen that name before, you'd understand why I forget it. But <laughs> Harrison was nice enough to share uh, a Narragansett um, with me. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty... I've had a little bit of it already. It's a pretty, uh, pretty standard lager. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, most lagers I find are 
fairly standard uh, beer fair. It's like, I don't know if there's like any that stick out as amazing in my head. Maybe the Sam Adams Boston Lager. That one's good. Um, but uh, I feel like you you notice more if it's a bad lager. Yes. Like, you know, your Budweiser's, your Miller's, and stuff like that, than it is... Um, and a good lager is mostly just, like, a decent beer. Yeah. Narragansett's one of the cheaper ones, mm-hmm. um, but it's, like, on the, like, one of the better, like, cheap yeah. beers. We, it's, a, it's one we get pretty frequently. You know, uh, in addition to, uh, pardon me, in addition to uh, Sam Adams' Boston Lager... Um, Yingling. Also oh, yes. There. yes. Yeah, I, I, feel, I would feel, feel I'd piss off a couple people if I didn't say that Yingling was good. <laughs> uh, Yingling is good. Um, you've seen that meme that's um, uh, the Star Wars one. He killed, killed Yingling. Yinglings. <laughs> and it's the picture of him smiling and holding a damn Yingling. Like, With like a bunch of empty, empty bottles. Yeah, I'm like, damn girl, there are nights when I'm killing Yinglings. <laughs> no, I will say, not to get, get us off track immediately, as is what we are wont to do. Uh, issues with the prequels aside, it is fucking bold to have your protagonist kill a bunch of kids in your movie, even off. Well, I mean, if you wanna, if you want a way to quickly change the protagonist to an antagonist, that <laughs> that might be the quickest way to do it. One more note about the prequels: I am, I am so happy that uh, that the um, that one's that one prequel or that one meme setup. With like uh, Anakin and, and Padway. Padme, Padway. Padway. <laughs> Anakin and Padme like sitting, look at each other, and pa- and Natalie Portman's face goes from like happy to like worried. I love that entire meme setup. Make as many of them as you can. I thought when it first started, I was like, "Oh, that's funny," but then I was like, "Oh, this is gonna get old fast." And it, it hasn't. hasn't. It hasn't gotten old, and because people come up with really clever ones. Yeah. So I've um, I really there was a Buffy one that I, I wish. I could remember what it was, but oh, actually, I I do remember what it was. But it was a uh, um, I'm gonna bleep all this out. But it was something like um. <laughs> oh wow, that one hurts. <laughs> it hurt bad. I love um I love the one. Uh, it was right before uh, Nintendo's presentation at E3. <laughs> yeah, and that was a uh, that was a uh, Padme like a. Uh, Anakin has the Nintendo uh, logo on his face, and Padme's like, "You're gonna save E3, right? You're gonna save E3, right?" And it shows like Anakin holding this Animal Crossing amiibo festival bullshit, and that made me laugh so hard. And um, one last little side note to finish oh this story up: uh, Nintendo's presentation, with the exception of the Zelda stuff, was very good. But the Zelda announcements were extremely disappointing. I am very angry and cross at you, Nintendo. We are very cross at you. We hope that you have to watch this episode of Bucky the Vampire. <laughs> That's your punishment. Yeah, this is what I wish on some of I, my worst enemies. I was excited about the more glimpses of the Breath of the Wild sequel, but yeah, otherwise it was just like, give us my content. my goddamn Twilight Princess Wind Waker HD port to the Switch. It's just a port. I'm not asking for more remasters. <laughs> Well, I'm drinking a gin and tonic this yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Buffy um, uh, right a, after a toast. <laughs> um, gin and tonic. I, I think listeners know by now that I fucking love a gin and tonic. Um, and John got some nicer gin today and our oh, like yeah. nice um, nice tonic water that we only buy when we get the nicer gin. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like they come in like little bottles and they're like, it's like $5. And um, 
you know, if we've got shitty gin, then we're going to buy the the 69 cent bottle of tonic water. But when we've got the nicer gin, we'll, we'll splurge a little yeah. for the nicer tonic. Um, so yeah. Um, a toast. I'm going to, I'm going to toast to me. Um, because there's nothing worth toasting in this episode. But I got a job. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how much do you want to share about, like, a personal life victory? Yeah, I'm going to do, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it now. I don't, uh, I, I was asked to be discreet. Um, but I think the time period of that has passed. Um, yeah, I got a fucking job. I'm really excited. Yay. I'm, um, I'm not gonna, not gonna say what, where the job is on here for, um, I, I feel like should be obvious reasons, but I'm going to be back in the, uh, in the theater arts administration world that I worked in before, um, with a, uh, in a different organization here locally, but um, now I'm like just narrowing it down. <laughs> like, okay, now we know. But um, I'm very excited. I've, um, you know, during COVID, you know, before my job was, um, you know, I got to, I got to bring people to the arts and help people experience live theater. And it was very, very rewarding work for me. And I really loved it. Um, and, you know, during COVID, I've just basically been, you know, I got laid off because theaters were closing and all that. And during COVID, I just sat around watching horror movies. And I'm not mad about that because I love sitting around watching horror movies. But I'm also very excited to be getting back to, to, to doing that um, on a professional level. It was, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, um, and I've, I'm not even like nervous, which, you know, I usually I would have like nerves about going into a new job, but I'm like, I'm just so stoked about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So, <laughs> a toast to me. Here's to Bye. you, man. Cheers. Oh, that's and you know, gin and, tonic. and you know, here's a, uh, here's a note to our uh, visitors <laughs> and our listeners. Um, just so you know, never... If you feel the urge to celebrate yourself, do, do it. it. Like, I mean, I Unless guess... Unless you're it... a Nazi. <laughs> well, there are lots of things you shouldn't do if you're a Nazi, including <laughs> be, be a Nazi. A Nazi. Um, but no, uh, yeah, like, feel free to, like, give yourself props, man. Because, like, like, the, I don't know about you guys, but there are, um, there are definitely, I feel that there are more times when it seems like the world's bringing you down than lifting you up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, don't bring yourself down either. Like in, like take pleasure in what you get. Fuck. Yeah. Also speaking about taking pleasure. um, (laughs) Also just for listeners, there's a giant ass fly that keeps flying (laughs) close to the microphone. I swear to God, if it's a horse fly, I'm going to be so mad. Like, cause there was one time when I didn't realize it was a horse fly. It looked just like a regular fly, and so it landed on my hand, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. It's a fucking fly. But then, like, then I just felt this, like, Ugh. this pain on my hand. I'm like, what the hell? And, like, pretty soon there was a welt on there. Like, it was a damn horse fly. It just bit me. I, I don't think it is, but yikes. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that when it flies in with the microphone, the, the mics are not picking that up. But um, if you hear weird buzzing, that's what's happening. <laughs> or, you know, or, you know, we've like, we've, uh, we've been retaken by the Matrix and we're just like, <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, we are trying our hardest to avoid this episode. <laughs> speaking of which, Christina Ricci is going to be in the Matrix 4. Love Christina Ricci. Yeah. Anyway. 
Where the Wild Things Are is a delightful tale about a young boy who goes to an island where there are monsters and then he goes home. The end, goodbye. And actually a pretty good film adaptation. I thought that film adaptation was great and I was surprised because how easily could that have fell into like Uncanny Valley and... But anyway, it's a good movie. Um, We start this episode off with Buffy wearing the weirdest pair of pants oh my God. I've ever seen. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like she stole half of the outfit of the X-Men Dazzler. <laughs> uh, and I it doesn't that. go with her shirt at all. Yeah, yeah she's got a nice like cable knit sweater. sweater. Yeah. I liked that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it's like pleather, I think. And it's like, like, like a, very light turquoise with a very strange pattern, like yeah, a like, snow leopard or something. Yeah, and it's like it's super sparkly too. Yeah, yeah, it's got it looks like it's got sequins or shit on it. I and didn't care for it. Um, yeah, like yeah, that's what I want to wear when I'm trying to fight demons in a fucking graveyard at night. I mean, listen, if we're gonna discuss the the outfits Buffy chooses to wear while <laughs> fighting demons, we're gonna be here a long time. Fair enough. Um, but she and Riley are fighting a vampire. And um, she takes way too long to load a crossbow. Once again, proving <laughs> that like, the crossbow is fucking useless. <sighs> Especially if you're Buffy. Like, listen, I'll, you know what? Wesley wants to use one because he's just a regular person and he needs to keep some distance between him and the vampire. Fine. Buffy has superpowers. She shouldn't be using a goddamn crop. Mm. All right. Um, but then something strange happens. Uh... A demon arrives, and the demon and the vampire start fighting in tandem. Um, they, they, they beat... I almost said they beat them off. <laughs> they defeat the vampire and the demon. Um, after Buffy says, uh, you get fangs and I get horny. Um, our first, uh, first of, of many, many innuendos. <laughs> And um, they note they note just how strange it is that this vampire and this demon are working together because they typically don't. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, we should go talk to Giles about this. But instead, they have sex. Yep. They're like, we should definitely go talk to Giles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should absolutely go talk to Giles. And you know, maybe maybe Buffy's got a little bit of faith left in her. I mean, uh... <laughs> gross. Uh, no, not. Gross. I saw what you just did with your hand. I, I was. <laughs> leg sir <laughs> sir uh, accusations and innuendo this is uh, i am uh, this is a kangaroo court i am on trial for nothing hypocrisy <laughs> although i didn't masturbate today so maybe i should um anyway maybe later maybe yeah no yes this is a this is a professional setting <laughs> i would never masturbate in a professional setting um <laughs> So he fight. actually has that on his resume. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Kaufman, I would never masturbate yeah, in a professional it, setting. And they're like, okay, there's a reason this is on there. We need to know why. <laughs> no, like, they saw that, and that was what sealed you for the job. Like, <laughs> good, because this has been a problem as <laughs> I did one time when I was in high school, and I worked at Kroger. Um, I was outside, and I was supposed to be bringing in the grocery carts but my boyfriend at the time came by and we just made out in the parking lot for a while and it, like every once in a while i'd stop and like go put it in some carts so people would like see me doing it and they'd be like oh he's doing his job but no i was actually tonguing 
with a really <laughs> hot swimmer. Um, <laughs> he was really hot. All Good right. for you. So, they fuck. Um, we get to see the balls poster again. Yes! Yay! We love After the, the Jonathan poster. poster took Aww. over it. I, I wish there was some way we could have both. <laughs> I would love it if, like, that was the only thing that remained of the Jonathan world. Just, like, the Jonathan poster. <laughs> I love that. Um, I mean, I'm no Jonathan. <laughs> um, <laughs> Riley, you know, post-coitus, they're sleeping. Riley, uh... Uh, hears something strange and he goes into the bathroom, nips, nips a poppin, um, and it's just a dripping faucet in the tub, which... It's a fake out. (laughs) As a person who lives in a house with a very old bathtub, um, literally it's a claw-footed tub, I fucking felt that. Because it it is, you can, like, when it drips, it's like... You can hear it even like in the bedroom. <laughs> um, Xander has a new job. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this kind of recur this kind of background recurring bit of like Xander's new job every couple episodes. <laughs> um, but he's he's driving an ice cream truck. Uh, and, and speaking of uh, bringing your significant other to work, <laughs> yeah, uh, he and Anya's with him, and they are um, uh, Anya. He's telling them that. Xander tells Anya there's a party at the Lowell house, which is the initiative fraternity house. And Anya's very understandably like, I'm uncomfortable with this. They hunt demons. I am an ex-demon. Something that she has stated before, yes. by the way. Um, and I really feel like... I, I really feel like the gang needs to be more sympathetic to that, more sensitive to that, and maybe, I mean, try to figure out, like, should we be worried for Anya's safety? It's kind of, it's kind of like, um, you know, we've noticed, uh, and we noticed in this episode too, where it's the first time that Tara's been a part of the gang and reality is as it should be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and everybody's in the right body. Uh, <laughs> but, uh. Well, Riley's in someone's body. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I can say it. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, and Tara's Tara obviously kind of like just fits into this group like a glove almost, and mm-hmm. you kind it kind of makes you think like, does Anya still like Anya doesn't fit in that has not fit in that well, and she's had lots of more prep time. Yes, I think part of it is that Tara's a little more agreeable than Anya. I say yeah. this with a lot of love. I adore Anya, but I also could recognize how if I met Anya in real life, I'd be like, whoa, you are a lot to handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas... Love you, McCaulfield. <laughs> um, but uh, then we... So yeah, she correctly is just like, you're not taking my feelings into account. Also, we didn't have sex last night, so... We're breaking up. And I... This this storyline in this episode with Anya and Xander is fine. But my issue with it is it's played for laughs. When I actually think Anya's bringing a lot of, up, up a lot of really, really valid points. I and... think that is... I think that's honestly kind of a theme across, uh, like, Xander and Anya's relationship. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, 
obviously at this point I'd be getting into spoilers, so not doing that. But I feel that that because I mean yes, when we a lot of the times when we see Anya and Xander's chemistry together, it is uh, funny over mm-hmm. like anything else, and that works for them. But if you bring up something like this, mm-hmm. granted, you can play it for laughs, but at the same time... Give it a little depth. Yeah, and, and Buffy can do that. We've seen yeah. Buffy d- do that before. Like, you can have the humor, but also the deeper uh, themes. Yeah, and it's like, and it, this episode comes up to it, where, you know, uh, uh, Anya and Spike have that conversation later about how different their lives are now, and... Um, it doesn't need this this doesn't even need to be about Anya and Xander's relationship specifically. It really needs to be about Anya's how Anya's perspective on things has changed completely mm-hmm. since she's become human. So yes, she is overreacting to the the sex thing. Um she is not overreacting to the initiative thing. But the sex right. thing, yeah, it's sometimes you go a night without sex. Yeah. Um and and that's okay. But it, I think it would have been more interesting of Anya like coming to a realization of why that's okay. And like, um, and there's also this, she has all these discussions of like, I've seen this over and over. Like, Which she has. Vengeance is the next step. And her learning that it doesn't have to be, it's just, I do just think it could have been, t- uh, a little more nuance could have been used here. And we didn't even <laughs> No nuance to, in this episode. Yeah, we didn't even have to lose any of the humor. I think we still could have gotten it, but... Uh, there, I'll talk about it more, but I think that's just a summary of my opinions. Um, they, uh, they start arguing about sex. <laughs> and, um, I actually do really like this shot of, they're in, it's filmed entirely inside of the, uh, ice cream truck. The ice cream truck. And Xander's saying, like, fine, we'll just have sex right here. And it switches to a shot from outside of, uh, through the window and so you know what's coming. He's, like, starting to take his shirt off. And then they both stop and look. And then we get this, um, like, kind of over... Like, not an overhead shot, but, like, a diangular looking yeah. down, like, from their perspective of a bunch of kids waiting outside. The and parents. Or, and parents. Yeah. Um, and I just... It's, it's um, not the biggest detail, but, like, one of the kids is in a wheelchair. Which oh, I, I didn't noticed. even notice that. It's <laughs> um, great. And I... I thought it was very funny. Um, I'm just going to take a guess that Xander no longer works for the ice cream truck company. Um, <laughs> now we know why his jobs keep switching every, every couple of episodes. I keeps trying to have sex with him. And, okay, another weird thing. The episode goes out of its way to never say, uh, like, have sex when talking about Xander, or, or Riley and Buffy. But Anya's just like, She'll say, we haven't had sex. Yeah, and it's it honestly just becomes kind of annoying. Like, it got to the part where near the end of the episode, I was like, oh my god, just say that they're having right. sex, because they're always, like, tiptoeing around it. And I, I get, like, they were they're, it's their friends, and that's it can be icky but, you to know, talk about. By but, by the end of but, this episode, yeah. after all the crap that you've been through, like, been attacked by vines and poltergeists and shit like that. Yeah, it's I like, think it's, we're past it's that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, god, so... Just say that Buffy and Riley are having sex, and that's what's causing the house to go insane. <laughs> because no one's ever had sex in this frat house before. Anyway, um, um, uh, to Sunnydale. You see Sunnydale. Um, 
Xander, not Xander, god damn it. This is so hard. I'm so bad at this. Um, Giles, Buffy, Riley, Tara, and Willow are meeting in like the, I guess it's like a common area um, at the UC San Diego campus. Um, Riley and Buffy are filling Giles and the rest of them in on this demon vampire tag team. Um, and Riley's like, it's Adam. Like, Which is going to be the only reference we get to Adam. I mean, this episode. One saving grace, I guess. I don't know. I honestly would have taken like an Adam subplot <laughs> over this episode. <laughs> wow, that that's how dire things are. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're 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 literally going, oh my god, just give us Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. Um, and um, everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. And then Buffy and Riley go fuck some more. So, yeah, here's the lead up to that. Uh, Riley says, like, oh, Buffy, don't you have a class to go to? And she's like, oh, yeah, in 20 minutes. Like, yeah, 20 minutes. Like, oh, and you have that thing. Yeah, I'm sure we can, like, uh, squeeze, that squeeze, that, squeeze that thing in in 20 minutes. Oh, my God. And then when they rush off... Yeah, I'm like, I'm already tired of the sexual innuendo. We haven't even started it that much. When they run off, Willow's like, oh, they're, um... And Giles is basically just like, I know what's going on. I don't need you to explain it to me. Yeah, I went to university in the Mesozoic era. That was funny. That was was a funny line. Uh, Oh, he also explains that, um... He's going to be at the espresso pump. Yes, because he has a meeting with grownups. Yeah, (laughs) um, because uh, Riley did... He, at first, Giles gives Riley some crap about having a party, like, when the Adam stuff is going on. But quite frankly, we've been doing a lot of stuff when the Adam stuff is going on. Just Man. look at the last couple episodes. But, um, but yeah, and so Riley's like, well, I mean, you can come if you want. He's like, no, thank you. <laughs> um, Giles has already been to one uncomfortable party this year. Yeah. Um, we go back to the Lowell house. And, um, oh, by the way, before I forget, um, I saw this on a, uh, a sweatshirt later in the episode, and I think it's also on, um, the, uh, banner that, uh, Forrest rips down mm-hmm. in this scene, but, uh, yeah, UC Sunnydale, um, I saw at least on the sweatshirt, instead of, like, UCSD, as you, like, as you would think it would be, it's UC and then a sun, and then the D. The D. So I, I actually that. really like that. I'm like, that is cute. I, I might actually go and see if I can find that, like, a sweater or a shirt of that somewhere online. I need to, I don't have any Buffy, like, t-shirts. And I really need to get some. I've got a couple. Um, I know. And I like them. And I, I need to get some. Um, yeah, I like that. You, are you um, telling me you need to get some? I mean, I do need to get some. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Buffy and Riley are still fucking, or um, as the Buffy wiki says, we, I, I feel like the wiki's been a little dry recently, <laughs> but um, it says, Buffy and Riley continue their romp in Riley's room tirelessly. Yeah, and you say still fucking, but I'm pretty sure they like, they fuck before uh, Buffy's class. Yes, and so fucking again. This, yeah, this is a new session of fucking. And I did, I... Do you want to re- remind? <laughs> Boy, we are getting like that e on our. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're getting that expletive lyric, like uh, word warning hard yeah. in this. Um, 
I just want to remind us of something that uh, one Faith Lahane said. Uh, Doesn't slaying just make you hungry and horny? Just saying. Um, but while they're fucking, um, <laughs> the heat is out at the at the house. I literally only know it's called the Lowell House because it's right here in front of me on yeah. the wiki, even though we just watched the episode. Um, and Graham and Forrest and another guy... Um, who I'm going to call Fire Guy, <laughs> are, are uh, kind of gossiping about. Yeah, he's like, he's um, he's trying to like add logs to the fireplace, and I have questions. One, he, like, so you guys don't have, you, do, you guys don't have a heat, okay, surely somebody should have come to fix that by now. Well, I think Especially it's, if it was a recurring problem. I don't think it's a recurring problem. I think it's because of the... Because of the fucking... Yeah, I think okay. it's part, I think that's like the beginning of the, um, the heat going out is like the beginning and of the then, uh, But then also, um, what dorm building has a fireplace? And maybe, maybe, maybe frat houses do. Like, I gotta say, I haven't been in like too many frat houses, but I think of dorm buildings, those don't have fireplaces. I've... I find it hard to believe that there's any uh, any place on a college campus that still has a fireplace. I mean, are frat houses typically like built like to be frat houses, or are they? I I've always found the impression that they're usually just houses like near the university, like the, the university has purchased. That, that's true, and I don't know. It just it just seemed really odd. That I don't they know were anything like, about this. It so. just seemed really odd that they were like stoking a fire, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um. I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, like the fire guy is stoking the fire and uh, he gets it going and then he like sits down and uh, right when either Buffy or Riley or both have an orgasm, fire shoots out and <laughs> I hope on fire guy. I hope it's both um, simultaneously. I mean, that's nice for them at least. Yeah. Um, that being said, that's not as likely because... Because uh, Riley's a, a bad lover. I'm going to say... <laughs> You know, I'm going to give Riley the benefit of the doubt, and i just saying from experience that it is a little more difficult oh, to yeah. give a woman an orgasm um, than, uh, than it is for a guy. I'm not going to speak from experience on women's orgasms. Because you're gay. Because I'm very gay, and I've never... I mean, maybe I've given a woman an orgasm, but it wasn't from having sex with her. Um... But just in general, as a person who has been in a long-term relationship for 10 years, like, I mean, simultaneous orgasms are not very common. Just, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, they do happen sometimes, but... But, you know, here's the thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. There isn't. But I believe a healthy relationship, if you have an orgasm and your partner doesn't, then help your partner have an orgasm. Yeah. Like... Share the share the love. Share the love. Unless they don't want you to. Yeah. There have been times, I mean, literally, there have been times where I'm just like, ugh, I'm tired, but, I mean, yeah, I'll give you a handy right now, but then, like, but don't worry about me. I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> anyway! Hey, we can talk about this stuff. I mean, this, what episode are we going to talk about this stuff in, if not this one? This is my second gin and tonic, y'all. <laughs> um, they, um... Yeah, yeah, the fire explodes on him. The fire comes on him. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Forrest very thoughtfully grabs, uh, the, grabs banner. A, the banner and wipes up the mess. 
<laughs> God damn it. You were not prepared for that. I was I, I really enjoyed the facial journey you just went on when I when I said that. Um I it's actually funny though. Our innuendos are so much better than Thank you than the one in this episode. Um, when he i before he got the banner when he was like looking around i thought he was looking he was he was going to grab a um a fire fire extinguisher and then he jumped and before i saw the before like the banner came into the shot i I literally in my mind i went why the fuck is their fire extinguisher so high up that should be readily accessible um so it made more sense when it was the banner yeah um uh yeah. Also, um, if somebody is on fire, you're better off using a um, something like a blanket or yes. a banner to put them out. Now, if it's like, say, a piece of furniture catches fire or something, that's when you should go for the extinguisher. Correct. We did, um, when I worked for the Kentucky Center, we did fire extinguisher training. Mm-hmm. And I was so disappointed because the way it was supposed to work was we were going to go behind the building on the Belvedere. And they were going to, like, light little fires. And we were going to actually get to put them out. But it rained. Oh, no. So fucking hard. So instead, they they have, like, a backup plan. And they have, like... And quite frankly, probably what they should always do, just in the interest of safety. But um, it's, like, a a digital fire that's got, like, a little sensor on it. Like, where you're supposed to aim. And it's, like, a... Yeah, and it's, like, a fire extinguisher that's got, like, a laser or whatever. Um, and the, we did it that way and it was very fun. Not as much fun as putting on a real fire, but I, in the, the, the session I went to, I put out my fire fastest, than, faster than anyone else in my group. So I'm the best at putting out fires. This is the episode where Harrison <laughs> celebrates himself. I'm just like, Do you, I got uh, a job. I give good hand jobs. I <laughs> put out fires the fastest. Do you um, Do you still remember your pass method? I, uh, I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but it is pull the pin, pull, uh, pull the aim, pin, aim, and then squeeze, and, oh, squeeze, squeeze and, and sweep. Ah, sweep. I do remember that you're supposed to aim for the bottom of the fire. Yes. And just, yeah, just kind of go back and forth. Yeah, um, you know, the place where the fuel's actually burning. Yeah. Well, it's funny, though, because it, it, it's obvious, but the guy explained that, like, a lot of times people panic and aim for the biggest part of the fire, mm-hmm. which, so it's like, okay, I can see how that, um... I mean, it's a damn fire. It's a damn fire. You're gonna be scared. Oh, God, I wish but, uh... lit real fires. <laughs> um... We go to the Bronze, the third best club in Sunnydale. Yep. And then, <laughs> um, Anya's walking to the Bronze, and I, we've skipped ahead like a whole day. We're the night of the party now. And I don't know about you, but if someone gets lit on fire in my house, I'm going to cancel the party that's supposed to happen the next day. But <laughs> you've, you've clearly never met uh, college students. At fair. Nothing is more important than a party. Fair point. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I gotta say, I really love Anya's uh, hair in this mm. scene. Um, and actually, it's I like her. up in a messy bun. Yeah, and I actually like her, I also like her hair later um, at the end of the episode. Um, honestly, her hair can just be any way she wants it and look great. Anya, um, fun, fun fact, um, uh, there are two characters 
whose hair changes the most um, in both style and color throughout the series. Um, Anya's number one. Do you know who the other one is? Um, I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, oh, hang on. Uh, I'm tempted to say Buffy, but, um, now that I think about, uh, Willow. No, it's Ox. Oh, yeah. Because he dyes it so That's much. That's right. Um, I was just thinking of, like, a, a noticeable hair color change for, uh, Willow, which we can't talk about just yet. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you know, you know. Um... And if you don't know, now you know, <laughs> motherfucker. Except they die. if they don't know, they don't. Yeah, know they now. don't know. They will. Um, they will know. Yeah. Um, that's but, from uh, that's from Juicy, right? The the uh, Biggie song. I, and if you don't know, I, now you know, motherfucker. I think so, but also that is not a genre of music that okay, I I am the expert in. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, it's been a while since I've listened to Born to Die. So, <laughs> uh, Anya's going to the bronze, and uh, Spike jumps out and scares her. Which she she is frightened in the moment, but when she realizes it's Spike, she's like, "Oh, okay, it's um, you." <laughs> and he's like, "She she's mad at him for making her voice go all high." I love when he's just like. Give me money. He's like, you want me to pay you for scaring me? It's like, no, I'm robbing you. And she says, well, that's just ludicrous. <laughs> I like my money where it is with me. <laughs> oh. and, and she's like, does that really work? Like scaring people into giving you their money? And he's like, yeah. Um, so I, I do like that. We're seeing that, that this is what Spike is doing. He can't actually hurt people, but he, he can scare them. And, and so mug them. And mug them. <laughs> Um, but I, I just love that I'm just like, Ugh, you're so stupid. Um, but, we don't get a um, lot of Anya and, uh, and Spike up to this point. It's a great pairing. It is. It's, and, well, and we see that in this episode. They have, you know, you don't think about it really, but they have a lot in common. Yeah. Um, they are both recently evil. Um, and recently depowered. Recently depowered. Um, they were both brought on to, uh, onto the show full time. To fill a specific void that Cordelia uh, <laughs> filled, um, um, they're they're both sexually attracted to Xander. Um, Wait, what? I'm just riffing. Okay, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I feel like Spike is sexually attracted to everybody in the cast except Xander. <laughs> um, he definitely has the hots for Giles. Um, do you remember, remember when they were in the shower together? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 Let me get that hard-to-reach spot. Okay. Whew. I, I didn't expect to be horny after this episode. Uh, but it's definitely not the episode that's doing it. Yeah. Um, it's just me being around you, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... I mean, out of all of our friends, you're, like, the one I've had the least sexual interactions with. I, I can't, I can't tell what you want to, what you, where, where you want this to lead. Listen, I'm just saying, we, I've made out with a lot of my friends, and we've never made out. Well, you know, we'll see what happens on, when you're on your birthday. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, Spike, Spike's making fun of Anya, uh, she's like, oh, where's Droopy Boy? <laughs> and, um, turns out that Xander decided to go to the party without Anya. Yeah, bad move, dude. Bad move. Yeah. Um, uh, then uh, I think the Buffy wiki sums up this next scene pretty well. <laughs> At the party, 
Buffy and Riley are making eyes at each other from across the room where their friends attempt to, while their friends attempt to talk to them. It's literally it. That is... Yeah. Xander's going on and on, and I do love the part where he's like, am I the idiot? Or something like that. And I'm, Buffy just goes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, um, Willow is like, like notice. I messed up this top that you <laughs> yeah, let me like, borrow. Um, no, Buffy did not let her borrow. Oh yeah, she, that's right. She's because she's like, um, Buffy, if someone totally not me uh, spilled something on your brand new peasant top that they borrowed without permission, you would still love them, right? And um, Buffy is like, yeah, totally. But I do love that Buffy's clothes is what can briefly bring. Yeah, her out she's, of like, it. she's like, wait, wait what, what about what about the top? <laughs> Um, it, it, this is a, this is a fun scene. Um, we go back to the bronze and Spike and Anya are having a beer together. Anya has a beer. Uh, I, I don't know what he was drinking because his glass is empty, but it was, it looked like it was liquor. Spike, um, he had like a liquor mm-hmm. glass. Um, he, he, he strikes me as a, as a bourbon guy. I, um... I would actually say something more along the like a Jaeger or something like that. Oh, uh, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, I feel like he'd be in like the hard liquors like that, not not necessarily like the uh, the classy liquors, but mm. more like the liquors that you would um that you'd like use for mic- like you would use to make cocktails with. Cause like like I can see him, I can see him with rum, I can mm-hmm. see him with tequila, I can see him with mm. Jaeger. Um, cause like, okay, so. Angel definitely drinks like scotch and brandy. Oh yeah, like, like dude, where dude rocks the D and G on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think <laughs> I think Darla just to just to go with the 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 gang. Darla drinks fruity drinks. I was gonna say like te- yeah, like te- I was gonna say tequila or rum. Um, yeah, and in like all like a tequila sunrise. She would love a tequila oh, sunrise. Yes, Darla would be totally into a tequila sunrise. Drusilla is harder to pin. I mean, she just would, generally Drusilla is harder to pin down. She she would take any shot as mm-hmm. long as it was on fire. Yes, <laughs> flaming shots. Yes, um, or like or um, I think Drusilla would also be really into like um, like like uh, absinthe. <laughs> yes Drusilla yes okay so Spike we've got with Jaeger uh, Angel Brandy and Scotch uh, Darla Tequila Sunrise uh, Drusilla a fuck ass ton of absolutely <laughs> and choice body shots peach nuts <laughs> and Tank Summers fuck off out of here yeah <laughs> alright um, they are Spike and Anya are bonding. They're they're uh, as we said, like all these things that they have in common. They're kind of they're talking about. Um, they, um, they Spike's like I miss the violence. Like, <laughs> you never appreciate the good things until don't, they're gone. Don't appreciate the murder. <laughs> and um, uh, Anya's like I wish I could take vengeance, but I can't. And uh, Spike's like you know what. Go like eviscerate Xander. Xander. I'll yeah. go steak Drew. Yeah, Anya had previously said that uh, I used to, like a year and a half ago I could have eviscerated him with my mind. Now I can barely hurt his feelings. Oh. <laughs> but you still have hands, Anya. You can eviscerate him with those. Yep. 
Um, but they both kind of are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, we'll do it. you know, I mean, because that's the thing. When you love someone, but you're mad at them, you're, you you do have that like, oh, but then at the end, you're just like, I don't love them. It's okay. annoying. Being in love is stupid. Here, um, here. Are we, are we do, do we have to talk about the orgasm wall? We, we can't not. Let's talk about this douche who is, uh, who's <laughs> the first one to experience the orgasm wall. He's, like, wall. explaining French to some girl. He is not explaining. He is mansplaining. Yes. And, um, and unfortunately, this girl's, like, super into it, despite the Ugh. fact... And, no, he's doing that thing where it's like, oh, you know, there's nothing more intimate than learning another tongue. And then, like, yeah, he doesn't refer to it as language. He refers to it as a tongue. Girl, stay away from this guy. He's a horrible douche. This feels like, um, uh, how do I want to phrase this? I, it feels like the sort of thing that certain types of men, like, for instance, the creator of the show, feels are very charming. You know, yeah. like, it's like a move that you think is like sweet yeah. It's and like charming, I am the, I am the sweet yet sensual intellectual. Yes, and and so when you see it played out on screen, it's the yeah, it's 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 played straight. And this girl is not like this woman. I'm sorry, um, is not like grossed out by it. Yeah, she's into it. When yes, in real life, no, she'd walk away immediately. However, his advances are um, also she's dressed like a flight attendant. But that's she's getting, there. She, she's doing that weird like she's got the sweater she's got the sweater tied around her uh, oh I thought it was like a neckerchief or something oh I thought it was a sweater either way yeah. um, she's cute in, in, interesting yeah interesting thing to wear to a to a frat party uh, but um, no no one's ever had a sweater tied around their neck in a frat right <laughs> well usually not the girls <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, but this guy's uh, stupid speech about the French language is um, is interrupted when he places his hand on a wall and literally starts to feel sexual pleasure. Yes, that's right. And it is because of the wall. And it gets to the point where he, like, and th- not even this scares the girl away. He ends up, like, you can't see it because you can only see his face, but you can tell he just... Comes Jizz right in front of her. In his yeah. pants. Yeah, and she's still into it. And then he's just like, uh, and then when his friend comes by, he's like, dude, you should totally try this. Put your hand on the wall. Okay, so I, I will say in this guy's defense, the only thing I'll say, I would find this intellectually fascinating. Yeah. I, I'd be, I mean, I would be like, if you touch this wall, you'll have an orgasm. If someone told me that, I'd be like, okay explain like <laughs> now but i wouldn't want to do it in front of a bunch of people i w- i honestly wouldn't want to do it at all because i feel like if i touched a wall and all of a sudden i started feeling like you know the stuff that leads up to an orgasm i honestly would feel a little violated and i would that's fair i would pull my hand away it's the world's weirdest glory hole <laughs> but the uh but yeah, and I don't know. Maybe I'm weird because of that, but I don't know. I like. I guess I just. I'd no, like I to... think Tracy Forbes is weird for thinking the word <laughs> orgasm wall. I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, I guess I'd like to know what is giving me pleasure. Yeah, 
That's reasonable. And you know what? I am I am not ashamed of being candid about this because again, if we're gonna talk about sex in an episode, which I feel like we should, I mean it's gotta be this one. We're and we're very you know, I think we are consistently sex positive, except for that one time we were upset about incest. Like uh like um uh Jerry and uh uh Jerry and Beth from Rick and Morty. <laughs> have you not seen the new episode yet? Oh no, I've okay. not actually. I saw right. I was like I was like, what are you talking about? They, no, I have not seen the new episode. Uh, they, let's just say that they uh, say multiple times we're very sex positive. <laughs> um, also, the orgasm wall makes... N- <laughs> I can't believe this is a sentence that my life has brought me to say. <laughs> the orgasm wall makes no sense. Um, because the whole point is that it's all about... Like, everything people... Most of, like most of what people are experiencing are like, like Mrs. Landingham. Um, I cannot remember the character's name, so I'm gonna call her Mrs. Landingham um, <laughs> from the West Wing. From the West Wing. Uh, R.I.P. Mrs. Landingham. Um, spoilers for season two of the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> like she talks about how like the girls loved their hair, so she cut it off, which we see Julie do. So it's like. There's some, like the what we're experiencing, and like she'd hold the boys underwater to punish them, and we see that too. So what people are experiencing in the house is supposed to like represent what was done to these children, which that's also a whole fucked up can of worms. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the we'll we'll talk about how the vines make no sense but why would there be an orgasm wall it seems to be like uh oh like um because uh mrs lanningham is very much um like oh they have to be closer to god and stuff um which uh if i were still catholic i'd be offended by (laughs) um but uh the fact that um yeah so i don't know if like sexual repression is supposed to be factored into this um, I don't know why sexual repression leads to an orgasm wall, but, uh... Or maybe it's just the house, like, makes people, is, is like, going out, of, like, it's making them hornier and act more sexual so that it can then enact the quote-unquote punishment? Yeah, it's, it's a two-stage poltergeist. Uh, it makes no sense. It just makes it, no, no it's sense. No, it's not. Um, this is not a well-written episode. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, it's like, why are we even bothering? So, yeah, um, <laughs> Xander, uh, Xander ends up flirting with this uh, red-haired girl named Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, She's very pretty. She is, but Xander shouldn't be doing that because he has Anya. Um, and uh, Riley and Buffy very rudely are like oh you know what this party's boring let's go upstairs and fuck like and i are we supposed to buffy has her i'm under the influence hair again a lot of it like recently (laughs) so are we no we definitely are because later in the episode when they like cannot stop i think we're supposed to be it's supposed to be that like it's compelling them the house is compelling i mean it makes sense because like the way that I mean, it Buffy doesn't and, make sense. Don't, well, don't say I'm that. saying that it makes <laughs> sense because the way that Buffy and Riley were looking at each other, like completely ignoring uh, their friends, that's not the kind of person that Buffy is. Yeah. I don't care like how excited she is to be having sex with a with a guy that doesn't turn evil. Um, it 
as far as we know. But uh, but yeah, like it just doesn't seem right. Yeah, that that she would do that, and doesn't, and also I don't know about you guys, I would not want to go upstairs. I would not want to have sex while there's a party going on in the same building that I'm in. Um, God damn it, Harrison. <laughs> I I didn't have sex. But I do have a very vivid memory of being at this party one time over near Bashford Manor. And like, um, like just being on the floor. <laughs> this was years ago. I was like 20. Um, and I was like on the floor in the middle of the living room making out with John under a blanket <laughs> while everyone else was watching like a movie or something. <laughs> There's a lot of alcohol. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> um, that tracks. Um, but yeah, Buffy and Riley, uh, like, uh, as the Buffy wiki says, Xander flirts with a girl named Julie while Riley and Buffy escape upstairs to resume their own private party. Gross. Even the wiki's doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's a party for their privates. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, a, a crowd is gathering around the orgasm wall. As you do. Um, and then there's this scene where, it's actually, it's a cute scene where Willow and Tara are talking. Apparently Tara grew up uh, riding horses, which, fun, uh, I did too. <laughs> um, and fun. I uh, I love horseback riding. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very sad that I don't really have many opportunities to do so anymore. But um, yeah, they're talking about this and um, Willow's kind of, afraid of horses because she apparently had a bad experience at a at a birthday party with a pony with a pony but tara's like no you've come riding horses with me i'll keep you safe oh and then willow like uh touches tara's knee and tara freaks out and is like don't don't touch me you're like it's disgusting and this is loaded um yeah and i i don't think it hits any of the beats that it should though you are correct yeah it it very much it seems that the only reason this is happening is because of some effect of these like sexually repressed children child poltergeist Mm -hmm. god damn it why is that gonna be a recurring phrase in this stupid episode (laughs) but it's it's uh it, it's difficult to unpack this because obviously it's happening between two queer women who are um, just coming to terms with their queerness. Well, well, Willow is. Yeah, I, I feel like Tara is the elder lesbian. Tara, <laughs> Tara knows what's up. I guess, but I, it's. I, I guess it's never like kind of explicitly said. It's not. Um, but it, it, it's just the vibe I get and. This would actually make more sense if it was the other way around. Um, and I think would make more of a thematic, make more thematic resonance if it was Willow who freaked out as the one who is kind of figuring out her own sexuality here. That might have worked. But it's here. It's a like, muddled message, and I don't. I know what feel like you to could say. also work with Tara, just like because she's so 
with like withdrawn and yes. inward so um it could but it's not played out that way no. it is played out as part of this uh as part of this haunted house yes and it's dismissed like yeah <coughs> excuse me it almost honestly it's an excuse to separate tara and willow mm-hmm. um for a little bit so that willow will go looking for tara because when they reconnect everything's fine and what happens here though is really i mean we're dealing with internalized homophobia um you know obviously sexual repression which is a big uh sexual repression in the queer community is it is a big deal you know it's a big ties in with that internalized luckily we will get um an episode in a few seasons that tackles this in a much better yeah. way, far more, uh, far more nuanced ways yeah. than than this. And it, this is once again just one of those instances where, you know, I don't think this is on purpose, but there were no queer people in the writers' room to to point this out. So it was, I mean, I, I said my feelings about who I think might have been queer in the writers' room, mm-hmm. but um, it's no one was thinking about it or looking at it from that perspective. Um, but moving on, um, Spike and Anya show up together. And I love that the exact thing that Anya was upset with Xander about earlier is what she does to Spike. Yeah. Um, that feels very Anya. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, when they get there, he's like, some of these guys look familiar. And Anya's like, oh, yeah, it's, it, those are the guys that uh, kidnapped you and put you in a cage for a while. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would you bring me here? But he doesn't leave. Yeah, no, he just finds, like, a chair to sit in. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's pretty funny. And then um, I can see Ender get into a, uh, get into a pretty intense argument. Um, and I think they... I, I'm I'm more on Anya's side, but I do think Xander makes a couple of fair points um, in in this argument as well. Um, it, Z- Anya basically accuses him of being <laughs> insensitive and uh, not considerate of her feelings, which accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Xander does correctly point out too that some of what she's upset about, like the we didn't have sex last night, is more her own insecurities and not an actual problem in their relationship. Um, Anya has a a line I love so much where she's like, um, the only thing we really have in common is uh, we both like your penis. (laughs) Um, But they they have a little breakup. Um, And then they both are like, I'm going to have so much more fun at this party over here. which I think Anya wins when she yells, I'm going to have more fun. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> Xander actually does go to sort of have more fun uh, oh to a God. game of spin the bottle. That's right. A game of spin the bottle in college. In college. These people are adults. Yeah, they it's are... like you can, like if you can find somebody to that wants to kiss you, you can do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you can just, have at it. Nobody will question like you making out at a college party. Yes, I mean, I, I played a lot of spin the bottle in high school, 
I just wanted to kiss all the hot friends I had. So that's how, and we all wanted to kiss each other. You know that SNL sketch? The, um, it's the recurring sketch of, like, the high school, um, the high school, like, theater, and they, they always do the really pretentious, like, yeah. black plays, and there's the one where they're all standing in line, and they just kiss each other. Yes, I remember and that And some one. of them are, like, same-sex kisses. I think it's Emma Stone. Who's yeah, the, yeah. In that one. And, and they're like, does that bother you? <laughs> and one of the parents is like, I think they just... All wanted to kiss each other. <laughs> so wrote it into the play. <laughs> Which, listen. Did you I, feel personally attacked by that? I may or may not have started writing a screenplay about a handsome actor. You know, perhaps James Marsden could play him. Who falls in love with a, a, a young uh, debonair writer who's... Um, I, I guess I could play the role if you you really <laughs> twisted my arm. And they they and they kiss a lot, shirtless and pantsless. <laughs> James Marston, will you be my boyfriend, please? <laughs> I'm more interested in that screenplay than this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. James Marston should kiss me though. <laughs> I'm, oh my gosh, I'm. This is also, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I have such a crush on James Parson. Anyway. Yeah, um, and he plays one of my favorite X-Men, even though the movies do let's not, not utilize talk about them that. well. Um, um, this episode's run sort of long, so I kind of want to breeze through the rest of this. Let's do it. Um, uh, the, uh, Xander ends up playing uh, Spin the Bottle because he sees Julie there. Bottle does land on Julie. And they make out. Well, Julie jumps on him. He kisses and, her on the cheek first. Yeah. Because he feels uncomfortable because, hey, he still likes Anya. Yeah. But then she just, like, pounces on him and attacks him with kisses. And then she freaks the fuck out. And, like... She runs into a closet, and when Xander finds her, she's, like, calling herself bad and cutting off her hair. Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. That is is not a good look. Um, Um, Any way you put it. Uh, Willow goes looking for Tara... Finds her in the restroom, or, or goes to the restroom looking for Tara, who's not there. But she does find a boy drowning in the bathtub, who vanishes when she tries to save him. Um, and then also when she turns around, jump scare! There and, he is. Uh, and this calls Willow to scream, and Riley hears uh, Willow screaming, but Buffy's like, oh, it doesn't matter. So then back to the fucking. Yeah. Um, which... More more credence to the they can't control themselves, mm-hmm. um, which do. Um, at this point, Xander, uh, recognizing that Julie is currently in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. Um, I this is, you know, Xander's frustrating. We're we're constantly frustrated by Xander. Xander but, does try to take charge in this episode, and he tries to do right by people. Yeah, not Anya yeah. until the end, but like. I, I, I admired this part where he's like, is anyone friends with Julie? She's freaking out. She needs help. And I appreciated that because that is what you should do when you're, at, you know, that, that that happens at parties, right? People maybe drink a little too much. Mm-hmm. They start crying. You know, who knows? And try to I find I think you friends. know. Uh, okay. Well, we didn't need to attack me. <laughs> um... But everyone's too busy with the spin the bottle and the orgasm wall and uh, to, to pay attention to him. Uh, Xander, Willow, and Tara kind of reconvene. 
and they're oh, all then like, like probably one of the, I think the coolest effect. It's good this in is really this good. in this uh, in this next scene is when um like everybody's they're spinning the bottle in the spin the bottle circle and it just keeps spinning and then explodes into like different into like shards of glass into that like go people's everywhere. faces. Yeah, I'm like that's pretty bitchin'. That is cool, and that is like that is like the one time this episode really utilizes the haunted house premise. I think mm-hmm. well. Um, I yeah, I really liked that bit. But they're they're basically just like this something fucked up is happening. Xander and... tries to run upstairs to get Riley and Buffy, and the minute that they get to the room, vines start growing out of the no sense. door. Makes no sense. Um, and then there's like an earthquake. Yeah, the house starts shaking. Um, a ghost runs at Anya. Yeah. Um, and I like how when this when the house starts shaking, a lot of people just start like bolting for it, and uh, Spike gets this smile on his face, like, "Oh, this party's starting to liven up a bit." <laughs> of course, then like the chair immediately like gets, somehow grows straps and straps him onto it. Yeah, I, which is I guess implying that maybe that's something to like that was one of the abuses that these maybe like a uh, maybe. The girls were strapped to that chair while she cut her hair, cut their hair. Oh, that's a good if thought. I had to guess. Yeah, oh, I hate it. I, oof. um, they, uh, oh, and uh, Graham's acting real fucked up and weird. Yeah, he's and like, they... a touch not the impure thing, find salvation in the cross of our Lord and Savior. Gross. And Force is just like, dude, shut the fuck up. And he, op- <laughs> he like, opens up the uh, secret entrance to the initiative and like has to drag Graham down there and uh while they're down there that's when um like random initiative scientists is like oh yeah we're locked down uh there's like a lot of crap happening right now and that's really all we get from that yeah that like goes nowhere never go back i i i think it is legitimately just there to explain why forrest and graham are not in the rest of the episode um, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say this again. I think I've been, I, I'm coming around on Forest a lot more on this rewatch because at least he's given me something. Like, yeah, he he's is, an asshole, he's, but he, he's able to uh, stand out from all the other initiative. Yes. Like, just soldier boys. Yes. And not, not only because he's the only one who's not white, because... God, what a white initiative. <laughs> but, oh, I don't like the phrase white yeah, initiative. That, yeah, yikes. that immediately sounded yikes, yikes, bad. Yikes, yikes, um, uh, uh, Julie is able to get out of the closet, but she has cut off all her hair. Um, and, awful uh, looking bald cap. Spike is able to uh, get out of the chair, and all, and all of our Scoobies plus Julie get out of the house. And uh, it, the door closes, and... Um, and yeah, so Julie just runs away. Yeah, good for her. Understandable. <laughs> get, get the hell out of Don't there. Don't blame her. And um, Anya is basically like, hey, we, we need to just need to get the hell out of here. And, and Xander's like, no, Buffy and Buffy and Riley are still in there. And Anya's like, yeah, he's like a he's a commando and you and uh, and Buffy has superpowers. So like there's no reason to go up there. And Xander gives like a pretty impassioned speech like. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm going in there. Who's with me? And then Spike steps up. I was like, I will. I mean, sure. Buffy's tried to kill me more more than once. Um, <laughs> he like lists off all these reasons why he shouldn't. And then he's like, you know what? Those are good reasons. And then just walks away. 
by Spike. Yeah, by CCMM. Fear, like true Spike fashion. Yeah. But uh, I, I admire once again Xander's loyalty and his bravery here. But Anya is right. Uh, like yeah, I, um, when Xander is like, oh, I'm not coming out of there until I have my friends, and uh, he walks in the house and is immediately thrown out, and then he's like, on well, second thought, let's go find the Watcher. And uh, Tara remembers he's at the espresso pump. And so they go there. It's like, we got guys, we have to go because we need some help with this freaky shit. And cut to Giles. Okay. So I don't think you're going to be surprised. Gay agenda. <laughs> Giles. Acoustic guitar. Singing Behind Blue Eyes by The Who. Uh, uh, listeners, just... Pay attention to some of those lyrics. All I'll say. Um, I... Uh, sploosh. Uh, sploosh. <laughs> and the ladies agree with me. I. By the way, we finally get confirmation that Willow had a crush on Giles. Yep. And um, my favorite is... So Tara's like, does he do this a lot? Like, he's really good. Anya's like, his voice is pleasant. And then Xander's like... This is weird. I don't like it. My favorite, though, is at near the end of this, um, because it is. He's great. He sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. This is a beautiful cover. I wish there was an actual, like, studio version of it. But he, um, uh, Willow's like, you have to admit, it's kind of sexy. And behind Willow, Anya just, like, nods. <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing. Everybody talks about, like, how weird it is for him to be singing, playing the guitar. Nobody mentions the earring. He has an earring on his left ear. Yeah, and he wears it for the rest of the episode. Yes! And it's... I I literally don't know if our promo for this episode is going to be Giles with his earring and his guitar or the reaction shot of the four of them at that. I, I was kind of thinking the orgasm wall, but... Uh, no, we don't, no, we will no, not. We don't need we to do this is, this is legitimately a great scene. Yeah. Like, it feels... It feels so far removed from the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, and I fucking love it. Um, also, just listeners, check out... Uh, check out... Uh, Anthony had his put out a couple albums, and they're all really good. Uh, he's a great singer. Uh, another really great reaction is uh, Giles continuing to play, but seeing the Scoobies <laughs> there is like, oh, shit. Yeah. But, like uh, but yeah, so they, uh, they go to his apartment... Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, like, Buffy Wiki notes that, like, oh, it's just Buffy and Riley in there, in the house still having sex, and, um... This is wrong, though. Buffy Wiki is wrong. They don't go to Giles' apartment. They're at the UC Sunnydale Library in this scene. Hmm. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because they're, because specifically Willow is looking up the history of the Lowell house. Yeah. Um, which would, I mean, I guess Giles might have a book about that, but, um, they, <laughs> they're kind of de- debating what they're going to do about it. And I was basically like, they're probably dead. Like, <laughs> 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 oh God, this is a bad episode, but Emma Caulfield, fucking steals the show with these one-liners she's got no she does that in almost every episode she's in that's that is a fair point yeah um they they do some research and discover that uh the 
uh, the Lowell House used to be a home for juvenile delinquents and runaways, and um, from like uh, from basically throughout the fifties. Yeah, and uh, um, a lot of the uh, now it says like a lot of the children um, have died, and they're like, oh, what? Like, uh, do you think that like it's a poltergeist or something? And then they're like, uh, well, like uh, the house is run by Genevieve Holt. And, uh, and, Mrs. uh, Mrs. Lanningham <laughs> and Giles says, when did she die? And Lily reveals that she hasn't. She's at a, uh, nursing home. I mean, she hasn't died at least based on when that clipping was from, but okay, <laughs> we'll just move along because we, <laughs> but she is still alive and, uh, she seems a really nice, um, Ugh. like, uh, really really thoughtful like oh yes i was always trying to help those young kids find their way uh they still call them my children of course then it's revealed that if they ever strayed away from uh the path to god that she would legit abuse them she would cut off the girl's hair when they seemed vain they she would baptize uh the most unclean in uh the water in a bathtub hey we're getting explanations for the dumb shit that's been happening yeah. In Lowell House, uh, I I mean this is this is really awful what she's describing, and I'm really grateful that the episode uh, takes the moment for Giles to te- like to call it what it is, which yeah. is abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it is significant that they they use the word abuse um, in an episode that's really weirdly tiptoeing around other subjects. I I was worried that they wouldn't call it by its name um but i I am grateful that giles is like what you did was fucking evil and abusive and you are a monster but here's the thing though buffy and riley's like they make the they make the uh reasoning that buffy and riley's lust for each other ugh, gross has been (laughs) like released the pent-up sexual feelings of these children and i honestly I don't like the association of the abuse that was done to them with pent up sexual feelings. I mean, it it's, it 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 feels like I get that 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 obviously like sexual abuse is a thing, but it feels like completely mishandled. Yes. Like, oh, absolutely. Just every single way possible, it just comes off like not as like a a cautionary tale. Or something like that. It comes off just like, just I don't know, exploiting something. Yes, I think yes, exploiting like exploiting feels... an easy topic, like exploiting like a controversial topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it yeah, a lot of this just comes off as cheap. It's very yeah. So the, the whole pl- idea, yes, is that it's like this sexual repression that is created like a a Jew on the grudge type curse in this house. That Buffy and Riley are fueling by constantly having sex, um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the 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 thing that bring, like makes me uh, it makes me think of Spring Awakening, which is a, a similar subject about yeah. like, the dangers of that. I didn't that. I didn't make that connection, but that makes total sense. Yeah, it's like about like how dangerous it is to not educate young people about sex and, and not to, listen to them, and not listen to them, and to actively try to force them to repress it. And 
whereas that show is very, I, I think handles that topic with a lot of nuance and a lot of grace. And this is a haunted house make bad, like orgasm wall. It's, it's a serious subject and it's not, it's, it, it also makes me think of, uh, we were talking about when we talked about she on angel, mm-hmm. which is also dealing with really serious subject matters, but not well, yes. and not, not, not necessarily having the tools to really have that discussion. So ugh, it's all gross. So, um, Willow, Tara and Giles decide to, uh, perform a spell and uh this is great because tara takes point here i like that yeah um, i love that so i feel like uh giles obviously knows lore but he wouldn't exactly be considered a magic expert and willow while powerful still only has like a she's year or two yeah she has like a year or two under her belt of like doing actual magic um so it's nice to, like this is like, as I mentioned before, when Anya was first kind of moving into the group, she kind of um, see, became, she's the demon expert. Yeah. Um, and now Tara is very much going to probably be the go-to magic expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, she takes point. Meanwhile, Xander and Anya, um, Xander is, like, again, trying to take charge and, uh, like, grabs a sword. He hands an axe to Anya, and Anya, like, despite all of her protests ends up going with him and uh to the house that is now covered in vines makes no sense what 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 are these vines supposed to be phalluses i like it's it's literally just something for xander and anya to just kind of cut through yeah yes it it exists to be an obstacle Mm -hmm. for them and but it but it does not relate to what's actually happening um I do, the I like I do like this like the idea of this spell is the idea is that they're summoning the spirits, Willow Xander and uh, or Willow Giles and Tara are summoning the spirits to them, so that Xander and Anya can get through the house without their interference to get to Buffy and Riley. That makes sense. Like I, I'm like okay, I I see the logic behind mm-hmm. this plan, um, and it is spooky. Like all these like pale, creepy kids. That was actually a really cool shot. It is of like a oh, when do we know if the spell works? And (laughs) and Tara and like they look up and all they're all there and Tara's just like Uh, we'll we'll know. know. (laughs) Um, They're they're doing their uh, their incantations and at one point Willow's just like and you know just like get over it doesn't work. Um, yeah, this causes um, Xander to be uh, dragged through the house into uh, the bathtub so that he can be baptized. Ugh. Luckily, Anya's there um, on her way. Oh. To get to, yeah, so so Anya gets thrown off like the fucking balcony onto the first floor of the house. And she gets up like a champ. Like a fucking champ. Yeah, she's like cutting through these vines. And one hot. Vi- one vi- yeah, no, this is super hot. One vine, not super hot though. One vine goes through her hand. Through through her not, hand. Not, not just like cuts it. Fucking impales her hand. But she has got to save her man, so she just pulls that shit right out, and then she's able to pull Xander out of the tub. Anya, we fucking love you. We're obsessed with you. We stand a queen. Um, this is an Anya podcast. 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, and so they're finally able to. Uh, oh. We forgot my favorite line of the episode before they go in. Xander's Anya's kind of like feeling the house, and Xander says, "What do you feel?" And she's like, "Tired, scared, afraid of losing you, and a little hungry." And Xander goes, "No, I meant about the house." And she goes, "Oh." Still haunted. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison is referenced... Like, anytime I talk about how bad this episode is, Harrison does reference that as his favorite line. It's a very funny line. Uh, it's a bad episode, but it's a funny line. But, uh, but yeah, Anya and Xander finally are able to, like, open the door. This snaps Riley and Buffy out of their fuck fest. And... <laughs> and, and Buffy's just like, Xander, don't you knock? And then... And then Anya and Xander are both looking at them and then just walk away like, fuck this. Right. <laughs> fuck this episode. The next, yeah, and the next oh. day, um, the ga- uh, you think that um, the gang has been filling Buffy and Riley in on what happened. She's like, that sounds so disturbing. He was actually singing. So everybody's mind is more blown by Giles being an awesome musician than... By being, uh, then by, you know, like the whole house turning into like a crazed, repressed sexual nightmare full of vines. <sighs> and, uh, and yeah, and so, uh, that's when Willow's trying to like imply, oh, hey, you know, you guys were kind of having sex a little too much. And, and yeah, Buffy and Riley are like, yeah, it was horrible. Really awful. Mm, yeah. Uh, which sums up our feelings, I and, think. And uh, that is where the wild things are. Um, oh, just so I did notice this. Um, that asshole who was talking about the French language, Roy, he was also turned into a caveman in Beer Bad. Oh! So, yeah, oh, he, he didn't really improve from, uh, from what he was. God. I just... Man. This is so... This episode is so problematic and also just so dumb. Yeah. And here's the thing, guys. You all know how much I love Buffy and Angel together. And this makes me a little protective of Buffy (laughs) when she's with somebody else. And it always seems that the fact that she could have sex with Riley um, and and, uh, not, like, go through what she went through with Angel kind of felt like, you know, I almost took that as a personal slap in the face. This episode is all about them having sex. So this is like <clears throat> I hate it. Also, this episode just continues on a an unfortunate trend that the show has of people, women specifically and Buffy specifically, uh being punished for their sexuality. Um, obviously, Surprise and Innocence, um, which is a brilliant episode, um, and on its own, not that big a deal, but Cordelia in Expecting, and, um, and, and there will be other, you know, this episode is all about everyone else being punished for Riley and Buffy having sex. Yeah, it's, and, and also, I just think, like, the entire reason for this happening was so ludicrous Mm -hmm. like it it seemed a very weird time for like uh buff like for the series to like basically kind of point out like oh these um like super christian people 
Like, it, it, that seems so out of place. Just like, oh, you know, it's the path to God. Like, it's legit like somebody who, like, it, it's kind of like, impl- like implying like, oh, this woman like flat out murdered people, murdered children uh, well, because of her belief in God. Except that's the thing. <coughs> I don't, I think it wasn't even that she killed them. I think that none of them died. Oh. It was, I mean, she abused them, but because I, I, I think that's why the Giles makes the differentiation between ghosts and like uh, a poltergeist. Okay. Um, like they, they, their repression was causing like a psychic thing, whatever. But it's, I mean, that doesn't make it better or good. It's just, no, it's no. Bad. And then like, and then like the house becoming completely covered in vines <sighs> makes zero sense. And where we are at episode, what was it, eighteen? Yeah, of the season. Of a 22 episode season um a season wherein the big bad was not introduced until midway through and has not been a significant part since that introduction i mean i don't like like we were saying earlier i don't yeah. want more adam if but this could have been a, if a, you're putting yeah. out quality episodes like the buffy faith two-parter or superstar if you're putting out those i can get over like the the storyline of the season being a little sidetracked but if you're giving me crap like this yes i'm i'm done remember that episode of um uh of lost where it's like the middle of season two and like the whole plot is like charlie kidnapping claire's baby to To like baptize baptize him wow look at that more baptism right right and it's and it's a terrible fucking episode and it has nothing to do with anything else going on and i remember that being like one of the episodes where people started going like oh what's going on lost of course and then at the end of the episode she baptizes him anyway but she still is like oh yeah i don't want you near charlie i don't want you near my son anymore fun fact claire is my favorite lost character i uh, I know that's not exactly, like, the most popular character to pick, but I I just, I, I don't know. I really connected with Claire in, like, the, the very first episode, or as we discussed uh, the other night, the second episode, which was the first episode of Lost I ever saw. <laughs> I just always really liked Claire. Um, but anyway. Yeah. It's a bad episode. It's, this, yeah, this is not good. And when they're kind of throwing out theories, um, you, you know, when Giles is like, I've got a theory... Um, easy there. <laughs> one of the one of the theories he posits is that it might be energy coming up from the initiative lab below that's causing all this weird shit to happen. I was like, immediately, that's a better story. Yeah, it ties into the main arc, but we can still have maybe a a, a standalone episode, and we don't get this weird gross children's repressed sexuality storyline that is disgusting yeah and it's like and it's honestly revealed like way later in the episode than Mm -hmm. it should it's almost just like they wrote themselves into a corner and like wrote that the last minute yeah i just yeah i now here's the thing when i first saw this episode um (laughs) during my original watch through uh i obviously had a um not as developed uh opinion of media in general storytelling i've obviously seen and read a lot more things since then and um i don't think uh i wouldn't say it's the worst episode in the buffy verse i think uh, i'm gonna give this episode a higher score than i got than i gave expecting mm-hmm. um but uh i'm at a loss as to an episode of buffy that i dislike more i just 
now I feel like I'm very, it's a very controlled dislike as opposed <laughs> to like flat out hatred. No, that's fair. I, I'm still going to stand by my least favorite episode being, um, uh, season seven, the killer in me, which we'll discuss when we discuss season seven, the killer in me, <laughs> um, why I dislike that episode more than this, but it is close. Like, yeah, it's this not, is, it's by degrees. Yeah. Like this, this episode is, it's so bad. It's, it's, and I, and yeah, I can totally, I, re, I remember this episode specifically because there are honestly some episodes of Buffy that I don't remember off the top of my head. Mm. But when I can remember this episode specifically, it is not for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I am going to be giving Where the Wild Things Are one. I'm not even going to give it like a fun rating. One out of out of five stars. The one star comes from half of a star for Giles performing Behind Blue Eyes and the other half for Anya. You literally just took the words out of my mouth. Once, I, one I was going to give this one out of five and it was half a star for Giles' performance, half a star for Anya. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I, I that's, li- that's exactly what I was going to say. It's nothing, nothing else is worth it. Like, and even the weird sex shit, it's like, Buffy and Riley have been together for a while now. Why are they... This would make more sense if this was, like, a month into them dating. Yeah. Like, but we're several months in. Yeah, they're acting like... They're acting like sex is this brand new thing. And they're like, oh, we gotta do it as often as we can. Is she like, I need to fuck the faith out of you? Or... (laughs) It's... Yeah. (laughs) We, We shall speak no more of it. Yeah. Except for probably during the season four overview. Goodbye, you terrible episode. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 1, Episode 17, Eternity. Mm -hmm. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also write a blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com where I write about a different horror film each week. Um, This week, originally, I was going to write about the new Candyman film, directed by Nia DaCosta, say her name, Um, because people keep saying that it's Jordan Peele's Candyman, but he's producing and wrote it, but Nia DaCosta directed it, so it's Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Um, But they, once again, uh, this is the second time I've had to reschedule writing about this new Candyman film because they have once again rescheduled uh, its release date for COVID reasons. Um, So instead, I wrote about Aliens. Ah, which we just watched recently with our friends. We did. And uh, I was actually, I I think this is one of my better reviews. I really enjoyed writing it. And I I, I felt very good about the finished. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't put shit out that I don't, necessarily feel good about but this one i was like i think i I had some good things to say about uh about about uh james cameron yeah yeah uh i'm jason you can find me on instagram at uh yami j357 and on twitter at just plain old yami j and uh if you like what you hear on this podcast you got to check out my other podcast where i interview different stars from the cast of Mad Men asking them about their experiences on the show. 
Just all you have to do is look on Spotify for this guy knows what it's like to be a madman. Nice. I was like, took me a second. Because <laughs> I, I was like looking at the bookshelf where Jason usually gets his inspiration from. I was like, what's he going to use? What's he going to use? <laughs> I'm going to start moving shit around because like some of these books are covered by the, by the Funko Pop. So uh, just to give you some more. Um, hopefully this box, uh, this is the, the tote um, of all the stuff that I took from my office, all my personal effects that were in my office for my old job um, that I've been too depressed to unpack for the last year. Um, so hopefully this will be moving soon. So yeah. you'll, have a whole, you'll have a whole other shelf to work mm-hmm. from. I'm pretty sure down there is all Stephen King. <laughs> anyway... Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those instances. You know, just send us your thoughts, your feedback, your um, how does Parker Abrams die short stories, whatever you like. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's nice... Uh, it it will allow us to uh, continue with this podcast. Yeah. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting uh, the Association to Benefit Children, or ABC. Uh, ABC's mission is to offer every child a life filled with joy and love by creating compassionate programs and urgent res- uh, in urgent response to the needs of New York City's most vulnerable families. Please visit www.a-b-c.org for more information. And as always, go slay and be gay. Yeah. Bye.